1: Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. Today, we're joined by Christine, founder of the Gilmore Book Club, a literary devotee, TV film aficionado, chronic illness advocate, and writer. Christine is passionate about helping people use literature to change the world. Her blog, The Gilmore Book Club, is based on the 350-book reading list from the popular show Gilmore Girls, and explores how to use literature to process and grow from tough experiences, discover your best self, and develop better connections to the people and the world around us. She is also the host of the Chronicon Book Club, a digital community supporting people with chronic illnesses. And you can read more of Christine's work at GilmoreBookClub.com or connect with her on social media at GilmoreBookClub. Welcome. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you guys about two of my favorite things. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: They're also two of our favorite things.
2: (laughs) Yeah, really excited. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So to get us started, on our podcast, we like to do a Talking Fast segment where we attempt to recap the episode we had just watched in only 30 seconds. So to put a spin on that for today's interview, we thought it would be fun to open with a couple of rapid-fire Gilmore Girls-related questions. So the way this will go is Suzanne will ask you, a series of questions and we'll try to see how many we can get answered in 60 seconds so I'll be running the Ooh. timer <laughs> they are they're just fun facts you know not it's not a quiz it's more about your preferences and things like that cool. to kind of get to know you and your you know Gilmer's opinions <laughs> yeah uh, yeah cool so I will get that timer ready and I will ask are both of you ready to go
0: was born ready
2: as ever (laughs) okay (laughs) on your mark get set
1: go okay pick one rory lorelei or emily rory dean jess or logan dean max christopher (laughs) or luke oof uh luke and fall winter spring or summer in stars hollow winter (laughs) best reading spot the town square or lorelei's porch
0: The town square, specifically the gazebo. Ooh, yes.
1: Um, The Independence Inn or the Dragonfly? Dragonfly. And who is your favorite Stars Hollow town member?
0: I'm going to split it and say two, Miss Patty and Bebe, because they have to go together. (laughs) Dynamic duo.
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Who would you want cooking your dinner, Luke or Suki? Suki. And who is most intimidating, Emily or Mrs. Kim?
0: Mrs. Kim. (laughs)
1: would you go to Chilton or Yale or do you like the Chilton or Yale years best
0: oh um maybe Yale oh
1: sorry (laughs) I I gave a little extra for the Yale I'm just not a I'm not a fast reader so I feel like that cuts down yeah (laughs) and I was I
0: was thinking like
1: oh is that high
0: school or
1: college or (laughs) (laughs) it's also hard to like not respond to your responses. <laughs> I know, I know.
0: <laughs> I feel like I was waiting for you. Or to or to justify some of them or like some of them I split up, but mm-hmm. you know, I always say I prefer Dean in the early years. Mm. And then I switch to Jess maybe like season six or something in the later mm-hmm, yeah. season and in the revival.
1: Yeah. Once he's got that like character. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's
0: gone through a journey. He's learned a lot. He's changed a lot. And his character has a really great arc in the series. But at the beginning, he infuriates me. (laughs) So I feel like some of those I kind of, you know, want to justify, but at the time, I don't.
1: Yeah, we yeah, are yeah. famously, I am a Team Jess person, and Alexis is a Team Logan person, so we're well-balanced ah, for this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I've always felt that if you could somehow combine all of them together, yeah, that would make one really great guy, because they all have great aspects, um, which is why they do so well on the show, and people are so devoted to them, because they all have something that's really great, but there's something about them, like they just need... Some of each other's traits. Yeah, yeah, I feel
1: like in the revival, that's part of what makes Jess better is because yeah. he's had his growth and he's kind of more steady like Dean is in the early seasons. Mm-hmm. And he's got, you know, some capital to him like Logan yeah. does. I don't know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> don't know. and he's, he's really grown emotionally. Like his whole relationship with Luke is completely different than it was in the beginning. And to see those changes in him because he was so emotionally closed off in the beginning is really beautiful and he's now kind of helping Rory do that
2: mm-hmm, right. in the
0: beginning like she was the steady influence on him sorry if this is a spoiler for anybody who has not watch the no. revival um, we like... say we do spoilers <laughs> <laughs> okay okay <laughs> um, I feel like he sort of studies and centers her in the revival which is a really cool reverse mm-hmm.
1: yeah I agree.
2: <laughs> yeah we talked about recently as we're getting toward the end of season two noticing that Dean um is sort of denied as a character character mm-hmm. growth or further characterization and I think we've pointed yeah. to you know Dean and Je- Dean and Logan both get like bad stuff that they then grow and they're better individuals but Dean was kind of like starts out pretty good first boyfriend and then declines into like jealousy and anger and things and then in the revival we don't really get to see a truly different Dean because I think Jared Mm -hmm. Padalecki was busy you know (laughs) he gets a little cameo he seems happy he seems successful but I think it I do have some sympathy for team Dean fans because I think he from a writing perspective he hasn't he didn't get the same treatment as Logan or Jess
0: (laughs) yeah that's a really good point
1: Well, now that we've broken down our teams, (laughs) um, so we wanted to start off just like asking you about your relationship to Gilmore Girls. Um, When did you first watch the show and kind of what's been your experience with uh, Gilmore Girls?
0: Yeah, I I can't remember specifically when we first started watching it. I feel like it had to be late middle school um, sometime, but was something my sister and I fell in love with immediately. And some of our close friends too religiously watched it. And that was in those days when things came on (laughs) on cable, like a new (laughs) episode came on, you did nothing during that time. And I remember that was one of the shows that we did that for, that it was like, whatever time it came on, we were always watching TV at that time. Um, And I think for me, I identified with Rory so much because I was that bookish person Mm -hmm. and thought in a very different way from the rest of my peers and had very different goals. And that wasn't really something that was reflected on TV a lot. You Mm -hmm. saw a lot of like geeks or nerds. um, But in many ways, Gilmore Girls really celebrated being smart. And it's not just Rory, it's how witty Lorelai is and how fast and how Emily and Richard have the same thing and There are so many pulp culture references and literary references, and it really valued being smart and being in the world and knowing a lot of things. And that was really special. And I think obviously still connects me to the show today (laughs) because I'm, you know, replicating the Rory experience of reading all those books.
1: I like
2: that.
0: I'm so jealous <laughs> yes. of
2: getting to watch it while it airs.
0: <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> That's just like an experience that can't be replicated for those of us. I found it on uh, the ABC Family reruns and then the Netflix mm-hmm. was with the first time I watched the whole show in one go.
0: <laughs> yeah. My yeah.
1: dad refused to let us watch it when it was on TV coming out. Because his explanation at the time, and I think I've said this before, was that people don't talk like that in real life. My, <laughs> my idea is that he really just thought that Lorelai was really attractive and felt weird about it, so he didn't want us watching the show. <laughs> or he just wanted TV time to himself. I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah. It was probably one of the shows, I feel like at least later on, that my dad didn't mind watching. Because we watched also a lot of the like Bravo stuff and the reality shows and he just hated those. And so I feel like if we were watching maybe Grey's Anatomy or Gilmore Girls, that was a little bit more okay for him (laughs) um, to watch as a family. Mm -hmm. So it was also a good show for that because I feel like all of us could watch it.
1: Yeah, that's true. It is a pretty family-friendly show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You've mentioned a
2: couple, but what were some of the other shows airing at that time that you're were watching? We're just pop culture geeks in general. So I wonder yeah. what kind of like world was Gilmore Girls airing within for your TV landscape?
0: <laughs> the one that comes up immediately, and maybe it's out of space, but I feel like they've been going forever, is Grey's Anatomy. That my sister and I just got sucked into immediately and I still very religiously watch it and I will be broken hearted whenever <laughs> they decide to go off the air. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I'm in denial that they're talking about the end. Um, so that was a really good show. I feel like that was probably the biggest one, but anything like that was on ABC family. I feel like that was a pretty mm-hmm. good channel to watch. And a lot of the movies, like it's, distancing from the Disney Channel show like it's an older show but it wasn't like sex in the city or something like that it wasn't way too old but there were definitely older references and stuff like that Uh, but it was a good middle ground like you know it wasn't HBO yet but it didn't feel (laughs) like Kitty, like Disney or Nickelodeon or something Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that's a great point I feel like the early kind of early to mid-2000s was really like the heyday of the kind of teen dramas yeah like we we talk a lot of the times about some of the other like teen shows at the time like we're both really into greek i don't know if you ever saw that it's kind of an obscure show now i didn't
0: i think my sister watched some of it um and it was always one that i like wanted to watch and never got around to for some reason yeah
2: for me i was like is this what college will be like so cool
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I know like also have right <laughs> I would like want to research what else was on the air at that time because what else would I have been watching <laughs> right
2: when, yeah. you know that 1 hour
0: a week Gilmore wasn't right. on
2: uh One Tree
1: Hill I think would have been did shortly not watch that. after I was
0: not a Chad Michael Murray fan.
1: Mm. Oh that's you yeah, <laughs> yeah, we agree especially as Tristan he's like
0: mm-hmm.
1: gross and predatory uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I liked him in the Cinderella story with Hilary Duff, but
0: that was a cute I movie. I don't know that I've even seen anything else that he's done yeah. since then, so that's my only reference.
2: Yeah, he's, he's played a cult leader on Riverdale most recently, and that's the best oh. I can describe that as. I don't um... watch it any longer, but okay, I haven't
0: gotten that far. Then I think I stopped at like season three or four.
2: It's all like a fever dream at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Interesting.
1: interesting. <laughs> it's a good way to describe Riverdale.
0: Is he not on a show with Scott Patterson now? Did I see that, or did I just see them oh, yeah. together? Oh yeah,
1: I did see them doing. I think it's about to come out, or it just started. Yeah. It's either a show or a or a movie. movie. Hmm. But yeah, I don't clearly we need exactly to look it up. It is. <laughs> but I also I do remember also seeing that the like. uh, uh, ads and stuff for that whoa, whoa. Yeah, promotion hmm. fascinating Maybe check that out
2: <laughs> transitioning a bit from the fun tv watching you mentioned you watch with your sister so like a social a favorite show and with the character Rory that you know you identify with I think as a lot of us like bu- book nerds do mm-hmm. at what point did you get the idea or think like I can turn my love for this show into something you're creating, into this sort of read along and your blog. When did that idea sort of start to develop for
0: you? So, very quickly, I did look it up. It's <laughs> Sullivan's Crossing. Oh, so okay. that is a TV show, I believe, that Ooh. Scott Patterson and um, he were on together. Mm. The okay, back to the question. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the, Ro- the Rory uh, reading challenge was something I was aware of for a really long time and always wanted to do and just never got around to it. Um, and then a few years ago, several years after I was out of college, I had always done like a physical um, challenge for new years. It was like, a, I'm going to walk, you know, 2000 or steps in 20, you know, 2000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted a change And I wanted to take on some new challenge that was more mental than physical. And I thought this would be a really great challenge. So I sat down and I went through everything, got the list, there are a lot of different um, lists on the internet that are really great. Um, And I went through everything and I had maybe read like 60 or 70 books just through high school and college and living um, so I had a really great start and got myself to about a hundred dish books and my life just fell apart. Oh, no. And <laughs> I was moving. I was really sick. I was work working a lot and we had a big event coming up and everything was just falling apart and I was a mess. And at the time I was reading Gone with the Wind, which is on the Rory list. And I heard in my head i'll think about it tomorrow satara (laughs) in lorelei's voice she says that in the show and it sort of helped me prioritize what was in front of me and say like this is what i need to do right now in an hour i will do something else and that will get me closer and whatever else is on my plate i don't have to think about it now i'll think about it tomorrow or two hours from now I just need to do what's in front of me. And that's what I did. And I got through it and sort of put it together. Once I got into my new place, I started to think about Scarlett O'Hara some more and Mm -hmm. Tara and how that was um, a big growing moment for her. And I realized that that book was really telling me what to do. This show was guiding me. I was hearing Lorelai in my head saying that line over and over again and i thought this is more than what i thought it was and decided to start the blog and decided i would start at the very beginning of a list so i scrapped every anything i had previously read and said i'm going to start at zero and start reading and go from there so the blog is all personal essays of the books that i have read and what i have learned through them and hopefully it serves as an example to other readers of no matter what tv show you're watching no matter what book you're reading there is something that sticks with you and it sticks with you for a reason and you can use that to your advantage to process something to heal from something to learn something about yourself or any of your relationships and really change your life and as an extension, the world, and it's all through watching TV and reading mm-hmm. books and maybe just taking it a teeny little step further than you normally would have. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the whole basis of the, of the blog. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
1: love that. Sometimes you just need like, kind of just a light bulb moment mm-hmm. <laughs> that leads you down a new path. Yeah. And I just love the idea that you're like, reading these things and bringing your own experience into your reading of them and mm-hmm. allowing other people to see that as well. yeah um, mm-hmm. we're both book nerds and we also teach literature classes. Oh, awesome. and I feel like that's the best way to get any anybody who doesn't think that they're a reader into mm-hmm. reading is encourage them to see their own experience through yeah. whatever they're reading. So yeah, I love hearing that
0: <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i've I've heard a lot of people say like, whether it's referring to books on the list that they're really intimidated to read, or people who weren't quote unquote book smart growing up, mm-hmm. who thought that they weren't smart as adults. And these are some of the most brilliant people I've ever met. And I'm like, you are so smart. Um, but I think, I don't know what goes on in your classrooms, but in mine, we were taught to read to find the answers. That we're going to be on a test somewhere. (laughs) Interpret. Yeah. 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 To interpret and be like, what is the right answer for this? What quote do I need to memorize for the exams? Whatever. And I was the person who was like, I'm going to get BA. I'm going to research all this. I'm going to know it. But that wasn't serving me as a person. And nobody now knows what grades I got in school or how Mm -hmm. well read I was. They're going to see me as a person. And the work that I do now and what I'm reading now is going to reflect there way more than, you know, whatever my test scores was. Um, So I think it's also teaching people to read in a way that serves them because we don't all read the same and Mm -hmm. we don't all connect with the same things and we don't all connect with the same books and that's fine. But in every book, I believe there's, a few words or a sentence that will stay with you for some reason or another. And if it does, it's sparked an idea or a thought in you and it's made a difference. Even if you put the book down and you've only read that one sentence, it still did what it was supposed to do in your life.
2: I have a, this is a related question. It's a slightly different. Yeah. i am just, this made me think, what kind of reader do you think Rory is? And does it change because I'm thinking of the description of reading for the yep. A or the test, like the due to the, due to the world she's in and the person mm-hmm. she is, Rory can sometimes be that like, I'm going to read to, you know, succeed. And that's certainly important, but yeah. through reading like the books that she picked, or I guess, you know, that she's read, um, and reading them in your own approach, I guess I'm kind mm-hmm. of like, this is a jumble of questions now, but do you have any thoughts yeah. on like Rory as a reader?
0: that's really interesting. I've spoken about it a little bit, um, on the blog, but I do think Rory is a read to find the answer person, at least for the books she reads for school. Mm-hmm. Um, we do get some glimpses of like, she's into the Russians. And so she's just reading them on her own or something. It's not a school assignment. Um, and I think Paris, reads this way too, probably more so than Rory does. Yeah. <laughs> um but that is also the environment in which they grew up. Um and there's a quote that I have on my blog by Max Medina and is one of the reasons I'm such a big fan of Max, even though I did yeah, so great earlier. <laughs> he says, This is in his proposal to Lorelai. I have studied and taught the great literature all my life and all and those stories. Are replete with characters that let opportunities slip by, but what I teach is more than just literature; it's lessons and life. If I don't follow the tenets of those lessons, I'm not the man I thought I was, the man I want to be. And I feel like that's one of my favorite quotes from the show. And maybe if Max had been in the show more, if he was, you know, did end up with Lorelai and stuck around in Rory's life. Maybe the way that Rory consumed media, TV shows, books, whatever, would have changed and would have been a little more like that. And maybe we would have seen changes down the line of, you know, the sixth and seventh season when things start to go awry. Maybe she would have handled that differently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In the end, we almost never see her turning to books Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as comfort or anything like that. And Yeah. yeah. That makes a big
0: difference. Yeah. And I understand. I mean, it's something like that was her future. It's what she was always good at. And she was using it for a specific reason. She wasn't using it to serve her. And I think because she wasn't seeing her in those things, it would hurt to go back to books. It would hurt, you know, if you were told you couldn't do anything or, you know, you couldn't write, it would be hard to see that reflected Mm. back at you. Um, but I do wish that she could have found some of those lessons and, you know, instead of using Melville to, uh, steal a yacht, <laughs> maybe she, she I was just thinking about that. could <laughs> have found ironic. some other way to process. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's that episode title. And, yeah. And that's, Mobile. you know, <laughs> what I hope like between my experiences and some of the maybe more, um, erratic ones on the show the combination of those kind of show here are the options and the choices that you have and the questions to ask about yourself and what are you going to do about it? It's all up to you, what you, you know, how you react and what you do. And if you see something you don't like in a book, if you see something you don't like in a show that that's what really always gets me about Rory is because I was so like her to see her, you know, go off that path is really hard for me cuz i relate so much to her mm-hmm. but i also can say that was her choice and her path i can choose to do something different i can choose to see books differently and my future differently and you know if somebody doesn't think that i have worth and value i can find it somewhere else and really internalize those lessons that I'm finding elsewhere, instead of, you know, what somebody else is telling me.
1: That's a great point. And I feel like this kind of goes back to the thing you read from Max Medina, where a lot of books also kind of show us all the different options of how Mm -hmm. to react to certain difficulties and like get through different things. Um, And that's just another like benefit of reading. And I think also like watching uh, tv and show mm-hmm. and movies and stuff just like seeing other people's experiences can help
0: you figure out how to yeah. deal with your own yeah and I think mm-hmm. we weren't you know that's something I wasn't taught growing up that mm-hmm. it was only later in life when I was really looking at this analytically and really looking at my life analytically that I began to see that and it's really just one step of like why am I so mad about this situation we read a book in um, one of my book clubs where people were just so mad at the main character and like, you know, frustrated and ranting and blah, blah, blah. And I said, it's fine to be mad at this person. I want you to ask yourself, why are you mad? Mm -hmm. And you know, those specific reasons were because this person didn't value the same things that they value. And so now that you know what you value, what are you going to do to keep those things? What are you going to do to stop other people from, you know, intervening and getting in your way of those things? You know how to protect those things now. Um, So you just have to kind of ask yourself a few questions and go that that one step further of like, why do I feel this way about something that's made up um, to really get you, you know, to give you that map of where should I go next?
1: I kind of think that leads us a little bit into just asking you about your other book club, just to find out what it is. Yeah. Um, So you also run the Chronicon book club. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you tell us just a little bit about that and how it also relates to your Rory and Gilmore stuff?
0: Yeah. It's specifically an online community for people with any chronic illness. And I host our book club section. We do read some illness related books, but currently we are reading a romantic comedy and, you know, I try to take us in different directions to really show like, it doesn't matter what you're reading Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that you can still find something in there to connect with and really change your life. And that really all stemmed from how I started reading from the Rory challenge and, um, after I started looking at books in this way, I ca- I call it mindful reading of just noticing what comes up while you're reading and then maybe step away for a little bit and then come back and say like, why was I feeling this way? That's really how I've modeled the Chronicon book club. And it's very special because you never have to actually read the book to show up <laughs> to book club. <laughs> um you don't have to like it. You, you know, don't have to write a dissertation about it. I, in fact, I let them start with however they feel because my journey is with a book is going to be very different from theirs. And I want theirs to come to the front. And that's, you know, even though I'm writing personal essays about the Rory book club, I want whatever my example is to help the reader start thinking about that book in a different way or about maybe it triggers an experience in their life and you know can help them along that path a little bit
1: that's awesome sounds great so what's the romantic comedy you're reading right now
0: we're currently reading crazy stupid Romance. Uh, it's part of the bromance book club um especially the third one but you can't i accidentally read the fourth one first because <laughs> i saw it at the library and thought it sounded cute But, um, you know, it is very like fun and flirty and sexy on the surface, but there are some really deep emotions that get processed through the plot of this book. And I know they really like a rom-com, so I thought this was a great one. But we've also read a few books from the Rory List. We've read Harry Potter um, and we've read The Awakening which mm-hmm. is also on the list. So, you, you know, there are things that are we read both fiction and nonfiction. We read, you know, classics to modern day stuff and I think it kind of echoes the Rory list of it's all over the place. Everything that is on this book. Like mm-hmm. they're not as modern now as they were then. Um but it is an array of everything and that's how Rory says Lorelai structured her life of she wanted her to experience everything. And I think that's really valuable because even if it's not for you, I'm not a horror person. There are a lot of horror books on the Rory <laughs> list But <laughs> wow. I have a hard time getting through. Stephen King and stuff. <laughs> I feel like Stephen King's up next for me. Um, I read In Cold Blood and it terrified me. I had to check <laughs> my door locks. Repeatedly before I went to yeah, bed at night. It's funny. <laughs> I was safe. Um, but it was beautifully written. And as a writer, it was something for me to study, even if that genre isn't for me and it's not something I'm gonna read again. It was still a really good experience for me to read as a writer. So I think broadening the genres that you read in books and watching, you know, TV shows that maybe you wouldn't normally watch give you that sort of education to get those lessons that maybe you wouldn't have experienced otherwise.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> I'm always way more scared by horror books than I am horror shows.
0: Ooh. And
1: I feel like that's just the power of the imagery. Yeah, yeah, the imagery that the, that books can create. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I will read a Wikipedia summary
2: of a horror movie and never go see the movie, but I'm just curious about what <laughs> happened. But maybe I just have a worse imagination. Yeah, <laughs> I feel seeing like on-screen scares me.
0: Books might be a little bit easier for me. Um I do feel like there is either a documentary or a film of in cold blood and I won't go near that. But there are some movies that I've either hated or not liked or, you know, was scared of that i read the books and because i could find something else to connect within the books i like them a lot better than the movie and i feel like you know in my mind i could help it go in a different direction than the movie Is <laughs> like you're getting all the music and the words and the imagery and everything like it's just flooding you but in a book you can kind of it's a choose your own adventure in a way <laughs>
2: And you mentioned In Cold Blood as a book that maybe you wouldn't have read on your own if you weren't doing <laughs> yeah. the Rory book challenge. What has, you know, what's the most interesting book? Or maybe there's a couple, you know, that you've read that you wouldn't have otherwise, but have like been the most significant experience for you.
0: Um, yeah, In Cold Blood was hard. Um, I feel like Stephen King's going to be hard. Um, uh let's see. I feel like some of the classics and maybe some of the Russians, like I probably would have read Anna karenina but I don't know that I would have, you know, read more of them. Like War and Peace is a huge book. Yeah, it is. Um, like we're talking bigger than, you know, like Game of Thrones kind of huge. Um, so maybe I wouldn't have, or maybe I would have felt more intimidated or like put those off for a while. Um And I think there are some authors that have been on my list that I just kept putting off because I would see something else that I love and like went in that direction. Mm -hmm. Isabella Allende is one of those who's actually Rory's favorite. Um, She's a beautiful writer and the stories are really something that I don't read a lot. It's a lot of Latin American stories. Um, And so that's been a nice surprise. But there are also books that like, The Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, (laughs) I loved and, you know, just thought it was going to be an easy read and didn't think I would connect with it that deeply. Um, And I did. And it's been one of my favorite books from the list so far. So so those were, you know, books that surprised me. Um, There are, I think, like, 30 books that I've written about on the blog, I've read a little bit more. And like I said, I started back over at the beginning. But I still have a really long way to go. So (laughs) that answer could change by the time this airs um, with the more that I read. But it's also kind of nice that like, it's not a one and done, like the gratification Mm -hmm. is going to be so much better because there are so many. And if anybody's doing it, please don't be discouraged by not liking a book or not understanding a book or, um, you know, being intimidated by the book don't let that get you down or the sheer number of books on this list because it's Mm -hmm. a lot um really take your time and pay attention to what your mind heart body tells you as you go through this let it be something that can change your life it's a really big challenge it's like you know running a marathon you have to practice all this time and it's
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know something to pace yourself through and that's why I have, in addition to the blog, I have, um, some journal pages. The one I have out now is a mother daughter page to help you look at mother daughter relationships in your life, in TV shows, mm-hmm. in the books that you're reading, um, and a tracker to help you, you know, if you want to search by like a different theme, you are know, like I want to read all the horror novels or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can filter it out and do it that way. and you make your own reading list. Um, just, this is a huge challenge. I want to make it easier for people and more fun and more beneficial than just, I checked this off a list. Mm -hmm. I want it to really make an impact. You know, I want it to be something that you really remember. Even if you don't like actually remember your subconscious is going to remember your heart's going to remember all that stuff because it does, you know, it does sit with you, even if you don't realize it.
2: That's a cool approach to reading the like the mindful reading that you've described, Mm -hmm. because I could see so many people taking on the list as that like challenge that you're like, I got to get through this as fast as possible, check them off the list. And we've Uh talked about this a bit before the representation of reading on the show. And often we're really happy with it, but occasionally we've questioned the Rory getting through like the stuff you have to read like you're not a reader if you haven't read this classic and we kind of want to poke holes in that and say like oh you can read anything and you're a reader but I like that you're saying even if you are going through some of the classics or more of the canonical stuff on the list Mm -hmm. you don't even need to approach it from the lens of like I got to read this important book more like how am I feeling what will I get out what's the sort of personal essay I might write after reading it I think is a um, like a welcoming idea to me.
0: Yeah. I love that you brought in representation, um, because I do really try to break that down for you. If you want to read all the British authors and that's the way you want to go about it, you can filter it out that way. Um, there are a great amount of female authors, but there aren't a large amount of people of color. Mm -hmm. There aren't a lot of LGBTQ stories on here. Um, it is also a product of the time that our culture was in at that point. And so there aren't a lot of other books, but, um, I do also have on my site recommended readings. So once you finish that book, if you want to take it a step farther and maybe learn more about the article, or maybe things Rory would be reading today. Um, one of the biggest ones that I can't believe is on the list are any of Barack Obama's, books or any yeah. of Michelle Obama's yeah, she so she interview <laughs> she interviewed him. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think and they she did that spot with Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Um so I try to come up with things that Rory might be reading today to also bring you into the present day and hopefully diversify your shelf and Rory's shelf a little bit because through what we've seen, she did cast a really wide net in what she was reading and listening to. So I want readers to have that experience as well. That's not just the list that we have and the revival list, mm-hmm. um, which is different, but to continue that experience once you do reach that 350 mark. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always wondered whether, I mean, I guess it has to be, the books that are chosen have to be limited by the script writer's knowledge mm-hmm. of the books. Yes. But I, I wonder like what other, if, Rory and Lorelai were you know real people what other things would they be reading Um, especially like contemporary things has anything come out in maybe the last like since the revival that you think one or both of them would absolutely have read and loved
0: oh man I
1: have one
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I do have in addition to my blog I have a store on bookshop I and <laughs> I have mm-hmm. a whole list of things that I think any of the Gilmores would be reading today. Oh, nice. um, so for Lorelai, it's a lot of pop culture stuff. There was a book about the Godfather recently mm-hmm. um, that I thought she would have loved. And like, they definitely mm-hmm. would have been reading that. Um, definitely there is Peter Jackson wrote a book and they mentioned Lord of the Rings a ton. It's probably one yeah. of their most mentioned <laughs> books on the show. So I feel like she definitely would have read her, his Um, for Rory, it's a lot of different, you know, some nonfiction books, but also um, some new fiction that's come out. I feel like she'd be reading Lauren Groff. I just read um, The Matrix, Mm -hmm. which I think Rory would love. So anytime I see something that I feel like, you know, they would really connect with, um, I put it on that list so that readers can find like bits of any of the Gilmars if it's something like maybe Richard or Emily would read that Mm -hmm. because those are on the list as well it's not just Rory's books you know anything like Jess mentions is on the Mm -hmm. list um Rory just gets the title (laughs) mentioned that the -hmm. other characters (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so I like to consider all of them of you know what anybody on the show would be reading there was a book about motorcycles and I was like oh Dean would read that book about <laughs> motorcycles um, Nice. <laughs> so yeah there's there's a lot that I think the characters all of the characters would be reading today
1: we'll have to put a link for that into the show notes yeah. this episode because that sounds awesome
2: yeah <laughs> I like the different ways that you're branching out from the mm-hmm. original list especially mm-hmm. in terms of representation but then also just in terms of like updating References or like new stuff. I think it's a fun way to take something that could be like very static, but it's much more fluid and like it's not just a list made by the writers or the characters anymore, but us readers also contributing it to like keep it going as like an ongoing thing. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just inspiring to me. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And I think that's to me, that's the show. So many shows you watch in the moment. And they're gone. But Gilmore has this incredibly devoted fan base Mm -hmm. that carries the show with them, no matter how long they've been off the air, (laughs) they may never come Mm -hmm. back again. But Mm -hmm. people will always show up for for Gilmore Girls in any way. And I think, you know, I want to carry this show with me. And there's, you know, only rewatching that show can only give you so much. But any little bit of Stars Hollow that you can get, true. Um, I think is really special and that's why I enjoy finding books that I think anybody would read. Like, would Kirk read this? Um, because it what it puts it I I that was I threw that out, and then I was like, I haven't picked a book for Kirk. Yet. Sorry, something about experimental. I know, I know. Experimental
1: cinema. Yeah, I thought he
0: has very
2: eccentric tastes. Yeah, like, like of yeah, the he would read some really crazy.
1: <laughs> or he just reads bodice rippers. Romance oh, he totally. Was. He's so
2: depressed. <laughs> <guess>,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, maybe Miss Patty and Babette or reading, mm. you know, Ooh, musical yeah, theater histories and maybe something kind of spicy. You know Miss Patty is reading some rom coms. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Or she's writing them. <laughs> she's you know, them. she's got oh, enough yeah. experience. <laughs> I would love a Miss Patty babette like co author rom mm. Oh gosh, that would be, be, great. <laughs> be me and hilarious at the same time.
2: <laughs> I liked at the top that you picked both of them as the duo yeah. for your yeah. favorite Stars Hollow character. <laughs> oh, they're they're so truly they. a treasure, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: for sure. I like to think of Luke reading all the sci-fi books because sci-fi gets a bad rap on Gilmore Girls. They make fun of it a lot. Yeah. So, but Luke, as we know, is a Trekkie. So
0: he yeah, would, he is. He I feel like it. sci-fi is a good <laughs> genre for him, but. We did see both him and Jess dabble in oh, some self help, yeah. and self help also kind of gets a bad rap. But it's what helps navigate him into his relationship with mm. Lorelai. And he only read that one book. If he had been reading some more, <laughs> maybe some of their other relationship problems yeah. wouldn't have happened. <laughs> and maybe he way- would have. Talked about April a little exactly. bit earlier. You know? <laughs> so maybe they wouldn't have waited so long to get married. Like you never know if he had kept going with that. Got to really change things for them. If
2: Lorelai and Emily or a few other mother-daughter duos had had those worksheets you described that you created. Um, yeah. That, maybe they, that would have helped things definitely, too.
0: <laughs> definitely <laughs> we need, need a bit of that
2: reflecting. <laughs> that
0: yeah, I did like that they um, ended up in therapy in mm-hmm. the revival, and I feel like mm-hmm. maybe if they had read the same books, because Lorelai and Rory talk about books. Like maybe if they had read the same books and tried to talk about them, or had started therapy earlier, were thinking about what they were reading or watching. You know, like Emily loves her musicals, and so does Lorelai. Yeah. Lorelai is watching yeah. those same kinds of movies. Why weren't they talking about it or watching them together? That maybe. They could have helped them. They they need my my journal sheets. (laughs)
2: We've talked before about pop culture as the language of, like, friendship and close relationships on the show. Like, uh, Rory and Lane speak their references. Lorelai and Rory do. But And that's not necessarily something shared between Lorelai and Emily. They're like speaking different mm-hmm. languages sometimes or not hearing each other or communicating yeah. effectively. But there is overlap. Yeah. They're both so similar. Um, but it is a sign, especially early on, that like they're just not even on the yeah. same plane together. And they're trying to be
1: sometimes, not all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, if they just went to, I don't know, a Broadway musical together then they'd have something to talk about
0: (laughs) there you go
2: (laughs) there isn't really a great transition for this one but we were talking in a recent episode about a scene where Richard visits Stars Hollow and he goes to Rory's bedroom and he's kind of flabbergasted by the way she organizes her bookshelves with like she's got a bookshelf but she's also got like storage under her bed and it prompted us to talk about how we organize our own bookshelves and I think as a reader you might identify we all have very particular ways of doing this yeah so just curious how do you organize your bookshelf especially as you've got this whole list I imagine you might not own all you know 350 already but like (laughs) how what are the ways you organize and manage your own kind of book collection yeah
0: I am my physical bookshelf is color coordinated Mm, but I change mm. out whatever's on the top seasonally. So the top will be Mm. like red and I'll put up all the Christmas stuff. Um, Oh, nice. (laughs) But right now it's blue because a lot of the like Gilmore things that I have are blue, like Lauren Graham's Mm -hmm. book. And the, but I'm a Gilmore book. um, Those are all blue. So that's how it's currently set up now. But I also have stacks of things to read like around my house and by my bed, there's a small tower of books that falls over daily and I put it back. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <don't>, like yeah. <laughs> I never fix it. I just put it back. Um, and then I do a lot of audiobooks as well. Me too. Um, I love audiobooks. Yeah. I live in the city. So I commute on the train or I take walks in the morning. And that is an easy way to get through, you know, bigger books or if you don't feel like you have time to read because um, it is a time investment. audiobooks are really great for that as well um so I have those and then I'm a regular at the library (laughs) because I do not I do not own um (laughs) you know all the 350 books and nor do I probably want to own or have the space to own I live in a small New York apartment so Mm -hmm. um, space is important
1: (laughs) yeah I love that you bring up audiobooks because we talked a little bit earlier about like encouraging people who didn't think that they were book people to read. Yeah. And I feel like audiobooks are a great way into that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I find audiobooks really helpful to read nonfiction, because I like can't always just read nonfiction. It, mm. I, I tend to fall asleep. But listening mm-hmm. to audiobook nonfiction is really good. And it's also just more accessible for, for everybody. And yeah. You can usually get audiobooks from your library, so
0: there's no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I love that you brought that up because I'm actually the opposite. I find it easier mm. to read nonfiction really? in a physical book, <laughs> um, but I love fiction in audio form. But the accessibility of audiobooks is really fantastic because a lot of people do learn better through listening than mm. they would visually, and that's fine. Like any way you can read that book – that's great. Um so I'm all for it and you know especially for the chronic community that I work with. If it's a really heavy book, you can't hold that or if you have issues with your hands or um if it's something with your eyesight, any sort of sensitivity that you can just listen to a book and like lay there. Um, that's a lot more accessible for people and mm-hmm. it's also more travel friendly that bringing more in peace with you in your suitcase right <laughs> especially sure. all of your weight limit so mm-hmm. I took that one as <laughs> an audiobook
1: yeah yeah that's I wonder what point. Rory would do we just an episode we just watched she was like Lorelai was teasing her for how heavy her book bag was yeah like she was about to tip over and I wonder whether now she'd be whether she would kind of Part of me thinks that she'd be a bit of a snob. She'd be like <laughs> anti-Kindle and audiobooks. But I would like to think that she would be she would be all for Kindles yeah. and audiobooks just because, you know, reading is reading is reading. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think she would have I think to me she loves books so much that she will take them in any form that she can get them. So I feel like and this is kind of what I do that I have I have several on my phone. I have several that I physically carry with me. She would probably have a Kindle and have several on there. Um, Mm -hmm. So I feel like in any, you know, form, she's famous for saying she always has a book with her. I think she's going to figure out a way to have it no matter what form it's in.
1: (laughs) I have a question that kind of brings us a little bit back into like the episodes of Gilmore Girls. And I mean, we've been talking about like, when we when we talked about uh, what kind of reader Rory was and stuff talked about just kind of checking things off a list but I also wondered you know what do you think that this show using all these literary references is trying to do Um, is there any sort of like can we put any weight into who is a reader in the show like what is what are they trying to tell us about people who can be readers and people who don't ever read books Mm. I don't know if that's That's kind of a roundabout question, but... (laughs) Yeah, and there's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: Because we do sort of see Rory and Paris and Richard as probably the main readers Mm
1: -hmm. of the
0: show. Um, And then just when he comes in. But I think sort of as we've discussed every character could have had a really big transformation or things could have been really for different, different for them. had they been reading? Um, I feel like, you know, Luke probably isn't a huge reader that maybe he would have read some stuff, but the fact that he got those self-help books, well, maybe it felt weird. It also made a really big difference in his entire life. Um, So I think, you know, you can tell that Emily and Richard are well read. We obviously see Richard, but I think Emily would have had the same upbringing. And I think it just really shows, in addition to all the pop culture references, the fun and um, education of having all of those experiences whether it's music, whether it's theater or books or TV or film or whatever, they broaden your horizons of what you've actually seen and done. Um, Especially, you know, the people in Stars Hollow pretty much stay in Stars Hollow with a few exceptions. But you can travel through all of these things, through movies, through TV and books. And that's a really incredible thing. And it's something we sort of do on a daily basis, but don't really either take it that step farther that we've been talking about of how it's affecting you um, because all these things are so commonplace now. But I think that show really showed viewers, you know, that it can be fun, like how, you know they really delighted in finding all those puns and making all those jokes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was really cute and witty and, um, you know, all these experiences you could have and um, how you cope your life. And that's a really incredible thing for a show to portray through a lot of different people, because that's not really something we saw a lot of the time.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of like a, Encouragement of everybody to consume culture.
0: Yeah, all the things. In, and in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. watching a lot of uh, Masterclass right now. And a lot, in several different mediums, I'm watching um, Shonda Rhimes through TV and Neil Gaiman for writing and um, some ad people. And the foundation of everything they say, say is read everything you can get your hands on, watch everything you can get your hands on, listen to everything you can get your hands on. The more that you know, the more that you can do, the more that you can think about or imagine. So that education that you can get through the world, through your library, through just turning on your TV is really incredible if you want to take it to the next level. And, you know, all of the greats are saying that's where they started is just, taking it all in
2: what do you think about speaking of people rory she was taking it all in through reading these books and then in the final episode of the revival decides to write a book herself um so she will be producing like a book uh, there's something meta there perhaps but um was that a fitting ending or i suppose it's not her ending we're supposed to think she's you know she's still going on in life but how did you feel about her deciding to write a book about their lives in that final sort of moment
0: yeah I really loved that um I thought she would or will also make a great teacher the time Mm -hmm. that she went back to Chilton Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really good fit and she could totally do both I mean people teach Mm -hmm. and write books um but I think you know on that basis of reading everything that's how writers learn through reading you don't just write stuff and like never read a book or you know (laughs) say I'm gonna make a tv show and you never watch tv um Mm -hmm. so she definitely has the foundation there to be a really great writer and the relationship that she and Lorelei have is really special and the show touched a lot of people and so I can imagine that a book that has that same heart um And I would hope those same pop culture references and, you know, Mm -hmm. witticisms and stuff like that, I think would be a really great book for readers. So I hope that she does. Um, And I hope, you know, she also continues like, I think she could write really great nonfiction on anything she wanted to study or, um, you know, she's been writing for a long time. Would any of her articles turn into a book Mm -hmm. people do that all the time now that they write one article and like just expand it into a book (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I think yeah I think she can do it I think she has a she has a lot of options and a big future ahead of her as long as she you know remains true to her I think that's where she can go a bit off path is when she wasn't being who she truly was and I think tapping into that is what makes her special and is what just gonna make that book really special too.
1: Yeah, I wish that they would publish that. I know cool. that would be really cool, <laughs> wouldn't it?
2: Yeah. Well, they already did. You know, it's the show, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's very but, you much know, in like little,
1: in Little Women. Joe writes a book, and then there's also a book. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Is there any? Can, do you want to just like run through the places that people can find you? Really quick as we wrap things up.
0: Yeah, everything that I've mentioned is connected to my website, GilmoreBookClub.com. And I'm mostly on Instagram at Gilmore Book Club. So anything that I've mentioned can be found um, in one of those two places. Everything is linked. I'll give you everything for the show notes but that's Mm -hmm. really the heart of everything.
1: Awesome. Wonderful. (laughs) I'm going to go read a book now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Inspired. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. This was great. We always love to talk about books.
0: My pleasure. Thank you guys.